Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks, and today, siblings by bike. That's right. We've got Mael and Philip here in the studio. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, Aaron and I usually do a little bit of catching up. In fact, we've got a, a decent amount of catching up we over, do. The, over the holidays but with some news we've in had between. A, we've had a couple weeks off. This is true. Gosh, I feel a little bit rusty. A good thing we had that movie uh, extravaganza <laughs> earlier yeah. last week. Um, real- Which, I, I don't know... If- you noticed if it's gone out it's it's out it's out now. Yes. okay it, i i think i noticed because brock was sending sending emails i didn't check the feed directly but okay um, I've, I've seen a couple of replies so i'm excited oh really that, well oh. I, I unless i was misinterpreting what, no, what brock no, sent probably, this afternoon probably have i oh, haven't good. i haven't oh, good. checked my email oh okay today. i've been doing a lot of email checking today i've oh. been doing a lot of film by bike work since we're getting close oh, right, right, to right. the uh closure of the submissions period um so yeah before aaron and i yam on for maybe five or so minutes here uh why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourselves and um sort of what maybe what 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 event in 2018 got you excited about biking and maybe something about 2019 if if that exists at the time Wait, if 2019 exists? Oh, as in, as in, <laughs> no. if there's something you're already excited about? I think it does, about. dude. Wow. So, Mael brought um, some whiskey. Full disclosure, I haven't had any yet, but I feel like it's kicking in, so it must be working. Um, yes, as in, if there is something you're excited about in 2019 already, please feel free to to share. And if not, that's okay. <laughs> you've, you've got the whole rest of the year. <laughs> um, yeah, and why don't we start with Mael? So, uh, for. 2019 i think the biggest thing i'm excited about is um yeah just a little bit closer a little You're great. bit closer um going back down to burns oregon to do the skull 120 60 race it was a race i did two years ago um, the inaugural skull 120 and the support from the bureau of land management local law enforcement was just amazing so I'm really excited to get back down there. It's beautiful. It's a very challenging gravel race, and uh, I think it's the hardest race I've ever done as far as gravel racing really? goes. It is. It is. I'm not doing the 120. I would rather race the 60 than survive the mm-hmm. 120 in the 12-hour cutoff. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, Philip, how about yourself? Well, I'm an absolute newcomer at the biking thing. My sister got me into it in June. Nice. Um, probably a larger story for later, but I survived cancer last year, and that got me open to doing different things. And she mm. took me biking, and every time it was a little farther and a little farther. <clears throat> She's a great coach. And um, next, I'm thinking about doing Reach the Beach this year. So oh, that's nice. What oh, I'm yeah. Excited about. yeah. I try to do it every year, and every year I something that comes up. Something happens. <laughs> yeah. So you stand in Portland with <laughs> arms outstretched, and you're like, someday beach yeah one one of these days (laughs) i've done that um i've done the ride a lot just kind of like out to the coast and back Mm. but not not as a formal event um which for me is like easier and harder in some ways because i could take my time but also i don't feel like finishing so i don't always make it to the beach sometimes Mm. i just camp and head back but um glad that you're able to get into that ride 
Uh, so Aaron, ca- catch me up. What what have you been up to? Yeah, well, just now I've been trying to load our show notes onto onto the studio computer, and it doesn't want to do it. So I've got to back up on my uh, iPhone here. Yeah, I get to I get to like do one of these. Nice. Okay. Anyway, um, well, gosh, I was in Minnesota. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that's for you, Maya. Thank you. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Any different? Is that okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> oh gosh, I uh, hate mail. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, so first off, I just want to say, if you live in Minnesota, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you people? It is too damn cold. It is too cold out there. Minus five degrees, and apparently that's not even as low as it normally gets. Um. Anyways, it was too damn cold. <laughs> uh, it was nice to spend time with with my lady and my, um, not by law, mother in law. Okay. You know, because we're not legally married or anything. Sure. But um. But she's basically. <laughs> but she's essentially my mother. Excellent. Anyways, Excellent. yeah, Anna's mom was there, and it was really cool. Um. There's so many activities outside, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> in ice and snow and stuff. And at one point, we're we're at Holodazzle, where uh, they take one of the public parks and um, they put a bunch of like Christmas lights and all these interactive art exhibits, and that's really cool. You know what would be would make it even cooler? The sun. <laughs> um, <laughs> perhaps 20 more degrees I'm, or 30 I'm sensing a theme here <laughs> uh, and there's people walking around in shorts they have the like big puffy jacket but then the shorts hmm. which I find hilarious but also insane was uh, the weather when you were there considered a Chinook or, or sort of like unseasonably warm uh, what's or a Chinook was a fish I thought so um, the way <laughs> I've heard it in relation to folks living in Alaska is more that if you get like a patch of warm within a series of cold. So, so it was, if it was negative it was 20 just for... previously warm. Okay. Like the day I arrived and then so coming off of it. Maybe. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of ice too, and people weren't very happy about that. But at one point during holly dazzle, there's an announcement is like, be sure to stick around. And I hope you brought your blankets. <laughs> Nightmare before Christmas will be playing on the projectors. And there's people setting up their blankets on the ground. <laughs> Yeah. Outside. Hey, man. Outside in at night. I, in shorts. Yeah. I don't know. That that speaks my language. When, when in Rome. Well, I found the city for you. Yeah. It's there. <laughs> I found your people, Guthrie. I just, I, what can I say? I like cold weather. Um, and fortunately, I'm able to do okay in it, I think is the yeah. main part. If I, if I didn't, then I probably wouldn't like it I, as much. I was feeling like a, a total wimp. Because I'm easily cold. I'm like the first person who always complains about the cold. But the fact that Anna's mom, who has lived in Oklahoma most of her life, mm-hmm. you know, you know where the wind comes whipping down the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is pretty cold there. She was even, like, just complaining about it and, and honestly going, like, what is wrong with these people? Why are they outside? Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. Well. It's it's fun to go outside. I had some friends visiting from Chicago during the time, and they also were talking about how nice the weather is out there right <laughs> it's now. It's so nice. They're huh? from Salem originally. Well, yeah. one of them is technically. Ah, uh, so I I feel like it's. Do you do you think if you had more time with it, you'd be acclimated? Um, 
I think I would like resign myself to it okay. maybe begrudgingly that, yeah i wouldn't say i would ever <laughs> act i you know i grew up in southeast michigan which gets maybe not as cold as minneapolis but it gets pretty cold mm-hmm. and you know at at one point in my life i had no one surrounding like no other neighbors it was just all fields and so we got a lot of wind mm-hmm. um but i left yeah. <laughs> yeah, I left I'm I left hard, you know. I went to Hawaii after that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's very true. Well, hey, to each their own. <laughs> I'm glad you got a chance to go out and visit Anna and say hi to no, the, I, that, that the family. That was very nice, yes. Nice. Um I myself found a, a pretty at home Christmas, so to speak. Uh, but did something had a great Christmas tree, by the way. Yeah. Your Christmas tree was one of the best. I so um, I think most people would call it a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Uh, I actually, I don't think I've seen Charlie Brown Christmas in either long enough or at maybe at all sacrilege. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's the kind of tree that I grew up with getting out of the woods, and that's actually what we chose to do this year. Is um, typically we we try to find a tree locally, um, but within. Portland limits and, and moreover for the state right now, um, there's been a couple of complications due to increased warmth and some other things in the Willamette region that have made the seasonal crop a bit um, untenable. And then uh, due to that, Christmas trees were going for way more than I've ever wanted to or, or felt like paying for a Christmas tree. Yeah. Uh, so we went around to a couple of places and then eventually we're like, oh, you know what? You can get $5 tree permits out at the... Um, oh. For service, yeah. and so we went out to Mount Hood and uh, chucked around in the bush for half an hour and came back with a tree. So, nice. uh, yeah, I, I I like that tree. Uh, every year, it's kind of a tradition to make a Christmas tree holder, and I am very proud of the Christmas tree holder that we made. Uh, so I think it was a, I think it was like a very it was it was a nice like at home Christmas uh, in the sense of like whew, long year like didn't have anything planned and that's okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, making the Christmas tree stand, this is, I think, the first one I've made in at least five or six years that I am actually going to try to keep till next year, uh, because usually the stands are, like, just good enough that the tree doesn't fall out of it. Right. And then you're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you, like, throw it away. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, like, I, I'm not sure if folks have this similar thing happen where, like, you see a couple of rando objects around your house, and you're like, I could recycle or, or just chuck those or, or put them on the corner. But I think right. I'm going to try to do one last thing with them before they go that way. Um, and this year it panned out. So Right on. Um, yeah. And then we have the... Well, and this is a Christmas tree stand that could be easily replicated. Oh, if, yeah. So if anyone... If indeed you end up checking it. Oh, yeah. If Well, and, and to that degree, too, if anyone has a um, like quart mason jar plus wood glue or super glue and a foot by foot of plywood, ta-da, you can have your own <laughs> Christmas tree Christmas stand. you got a Christmas tree stand. The trick is... Um, a couple of pebbles in the bottom and some zip ties at the top and you'll be you'll be set right <laughs> so uh but yeah had a had a pretty good christmas around um mostly just been busy with film by bike work uh so that has been a big part of my schedule recently uh but really excited because the festival submission deadline is coming up on the 20th of this month which we're really right. excited about so um yeah head down looking forward and uh it was, it was a good christmas right on did you folks do anything particularly memorable exciting engaging or that you'd like to share i actually had a christmas this year which i did not last year oh yeah because of the weather okay i babysat her cat that was my christmas (laughs) cat and netflix that was it 
It's a lovely cat. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> it's as good as it could be. You can tell it's the first show back of the year. I'm already I'm already You need to have some more whiskey. Yeah, that's probably it. Thank you. You're um Yeah, so so you were able to get a Christmas Got a Christmas this year. It was very good. Nice. Uh, I have to ask, what is the cat's name? Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Pop. Nice. Because she likes to lick fingers like she's trying to get to the center of a Tootsie, of a tootsie Pop, pop oh. for, for the old folk in the crowd. They'll, it's only three get... licks, though. It, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Summer's also, the best time because also, then toes, because yeah. she gets fingers <laughs> and toes. Indeed. Yeah, I've, I have had a cat or two like that in my time. Sweet, sweet, but also I could. I think the names make so much sense in that way. Yes. <laughs> um, were, did we want to talk about the Christmas episode at all before we roll in, or the the, the not Christmas, the, the New Year, the New Year? I mean, ish. The bonus episode, the bonus the, episode, the end, year end holiday episode. Not yeah. not a, the pedal shift holiday episode. That's which true. Can be found on the dot net. Quite true. Um, or your podcast aggregator of choice. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did a we did a movie commentary. That was pretty fun. It was a tradition that um, we had tried a couple times. Uh, I want to say when was oh the last one we did before this most recent one was um, that one with Joseph Gordon Levitt and the Bike Messenger. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it now. Um, um, Premium Rush. Okay. Yeah, so we we did that and. Um, gosh, it was like three years ago. And it just sort of fell off. But we had done like several previous to that. Uh, and I wanted to bring it back. And Guthrie, you were keen on it. And we invited a couple friends over. I do like films. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you like just, films. Just a little with, bit. With bikes in them. <laughs> um, yeah, any our, film. <laughs> our good friend Josh G suggested this Thai film. Um, this Girl is Badass mm-hmm. is the title. Um and uh joan uh excuse me joan pettit uh who's been on a couple times uh was kind enough to also join us for the uh the movie commentary and uh yeah a good time was had by all yeah I would, indeed i would like to think i always i like going into those like it's a little bit scary to be like we're gonna watch a movie and then record our like commentary or feedback knowing nothing about this movie <laughs> right <laughs> like it can be a bit a little bit daunting um but at the same time, I, I found it very enjoyable. I uh, I can't remember if I was saying on air or not, but Ong Bak is another. Like, it just right. made, immediately made me think of that. In the art style, or I'd say more the combat style, was just um, very reminiscent of that for me. So it was nice to see some cool tricks with bikes. And it's true, she was badass. It was cool. The, the... film went elsewhere from where I thought it would be. And the arguably... film went elsewhere from what anyone yeah. i think thought it could be <laughs> i picture if like a film was split into a mosaic and like each tile was a different like type of or strategy or approach to filmmaking that many of those were actually like mashed into the film so it was kind of like 15 or 16 films all at the same time it, it seemed like it maybe was a film written by committee mm, yep you know i could see that <laughs> Hey, we've got to get some of this in. No, right. but what about this? Well, okay, what, well, what about we'll... this trope? And oh, but don't forget this other trope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Um, yeah. Anyway, good. Good times. Definitely a, a film that I had not seen before, so was thankful for it. Uh, well, we didn't bring you both in here to <laughs> talk. Listen to us talk about, <laughs> about uh, Thai films. Thai films and and uh, awesome women on bike because we've got an awesome woman on bike Yay. right in front of us. And um, it's worth noting, Mile, this 
you are um I'm the show as a prize that you won this... for Thanksgiving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we uh we pedaled the fastest uh, at Cranksgiving, and I I won the opportunity to sit here and chat with you fellas. How, how is it? Was it everything you hoped and dreamed for? It is. Oh, oh good. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Close one. <laughs> All right, shut it's, it down. We're only 17 minutes in. <laughs> Why do you think I brought the whiskey? Oh. Everything's better with whiskey. <laughs> uh, how was your experience at uh, Cranksgiving this year? I wasn't able to make it for this one. It's the first time I've uh, or I shouldn't say it's the first time I've done Cranksgiving. I wasn't able to do it the last couple of years, but it was good. It was fun. I raced in a onesie. Nice. It was a cold day, so I was not cold. <laughs> Were there um, lots of themes, as there are often years, such, such as best uh, costumes and such? There was. We were Team Hot Mess mm-hmm. with the S's capitalized because we were single speed or fixed. Oh, yeah. Um, and we were a mishmash of costumes, which is because we couldn't decide on one. So we were everything. Um, yeah. It was... So which one were you? Were you single speed or fixed? Single speed. I don't ride yeah. fixed. My knees don't need to ride fixed. <laughs> Probably better off. Yeah. All apologies to fixed gear listeners, but uh, yeah, my <laughs> knees wouldn't be able to take it. Yes. <laughs> and we rode surprisingly fast. So uh, it was good. I had a good team. I had a good crew. Maria Schurer was our oh she's was oh, our yeah. captain. She's always wonderful. Oh, yes. captain, my captain. Yes, <laughs> and Ryan Labar, which I understand has been on the show as well. Yes, we need to get him back on sometime. He did the Swift Summit. I think he did the two hundred on a fixed gear. Yes. Yeah, it was the two hundred version. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? Because I because you're Ryan Labar and you're insane apparently. <laughs> or you've but got very early knees. Yes. <laughs> The knees on that guy. I, I haven't met him. Oh. Um, well, now we definitely need to get him back in the, in the studio. Yeah, exactly. Did you participate as well, Philip? I did not. Okay. I've only watched a race. I've never actually participated in any of the group things yet. Okay. Yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think it's it's worth noting at this point, you're fairly new to biking. Yes. I only have a real, I bought a real bike in June. <laughs> I had an old giant, what would you call that thing? Giant Tarago from 1991. And I made it up to the top of Riverview Cemetery, and now I don't know how I did that on that bike, really. Flat pedals and. That's off of Mother Scott? Selwood Bridge. The other Mm -hmm. side of the Selwood Bridge. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The connector between uh, Lewis and Clark. On the west side. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Yeah, I was thinking of a a different cemetery on the southeast side so my coach didn't actually lie to me to get me up that but she sort of implied like it's just around the next corner oh yeah no it's not (laughs) that's funny because it's like there's like a good 30 next corners on that ride there is so then i got a kona do which changed my little world first disc breaks and completely different so been riding ever since nice the ability to stop while Riding downhill was a big improvement. To you the... saved several pedestrians and <laughs> and countless squirrels, or me, whoever would, whoever would lose that. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. So it's been good. And what got you? I don't, I don't know. Like, what made you decide to get into into cycling? Um, I don't want to say late in life, but as far as like, you didn't pick it up as a teenager. So no, speak. I almost always had a bike, but I never you know, did it seriously like my L does. It. Right. It's just something to get around on in the summertime, completely fair weather biker. 
So picked it up. I just went for a ride. She talked me into it. I think I was going to call her up and bow out of it, but I did it. And then surprisingly enough, I really liked it. And then we did it again and we did it again. Each time we went a little farther and right on. And we did um, Zellerbach not too long ago. We did at part least of Crown Zellerbach, right? To the that trestle was or whatever. The learning, learning how to ride in dirt. Dirt and wet. Dirt and wet. Yes, on slicks. I didn't love it that much, but coming down was super fun. <laughs> he likes going downhill yeah. just like I do. So nice. it's like, oh, no, going downhill is I like great. Downhill, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I made it, so. Are you working your way up towards Germantown Road at some point in the future? I don't know. Am I? <laughs> it's got a good down Germantown, section. so if, if you're not from Portland, Germantown Road is kind of a famous biking road. It's it's pretty steep. Um, a lot of people like to go up it. I think more people like to go down it. Oh, it's go easily it. funner going down. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's got a few turns in there that are mm-hmm. that are pretty tight. I kind of view it as the uh, Lombard Street of Portland, perhaps. In, in, in the, what way? Uh, in the way that it's steep and windy. Not, it's not actually anything like. Wait, but <laughs> wait, yeah, Lombard but, uh, is not steep nor windy. What am I thinking of? Then? I the, don't the, the, know. Oh shoot! <laughs> well, I've just inserted a memory. It's gosh, this you know, it's the I'm gonna blame it. No, I, I've had like. <laughs> I've had very little. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I wonder what what I am thinking of. There's this yeah. famously like twisty street that had to ban uh, certain like types of vehicles going on it in San Francisco a couple San of years Francisco, ago. Oh, in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking Lombard Street in oh, St. John's, no, North no, 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 Portland. No. No. And I'm like, I jumped just cities. Flat and I jumped straight. cities. Then, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's possibly Lombard then. I don't know. Okay. It I'll, I'll go home and I'll mind. look it up. San, yeah, San Francisco listeners, let us know. Do you ever, do you ever do that? I feel like I was explaining to this somebody to somebody the other day. I was like, "There's like degrees of sense making, and there's uh-huh. a degree for which I make sense to myself." And at that point, I'm like, "All right, I've tried enough. Good, good, <laughs> it's enough, good enough for me." For me. <laughs> so I know what I'm talking I call about. It, I call it Guthrie <laughs> sense, and I just hang up my hat and uh, I go home. <laughs> um, excellent. So you've been getting on some good rides um, within the winter time in Portland. So from where you've started until now, have you noticed yourself being trending towards an all weather rider or are you start feeling it out? I am. Uh, thanks to no pressure, by the way, cycle. I will say I'm often a fair weather cycle. No, thanks to the cycling community. I all put the word yeah. out that I needed winter stuff oh, and right. I have more stuff than I could possibly ever wear hey, at the moment. All right. I have a full rain suit. I have rain jackets. I got all kinds of stuff. So nice. Um, yeah, I rode the other day on um, New Year's. It was 31, I think, when I went out. And coming down Mount Tabor was a bit dicey because yeah. it was deceptively slick. But, um, yeah, I've got everything I need now. I, so, have, I have to say, he's not fearful of going downhill, which is wonderful for me <laughs> because I have plans for the future. Ooh. But uh, he's also not fearful of the weather, which... New, newer cyclists can be fearful of oh it's wet oh it's cold and really it's there's no bad weather there's just bad gear right when we did crown Zellerbach, that sounds like a maria Schurism, by the way it might be it might be <laughs> um when we did crown zellerbach i said i'm looking at the weather app it says it's 23 degrees out there i think it's too cold we should wait and he's like no my weather app says it's 32 and i was like it's really cold. <laughs> I said, we should just wait. No, no, no. It'll be fine. Okay. 
okay. And you went. We went, and, and it was... And it was fine. And I got was, out of the car and thought, what is wrong with me? I pulled the little hotties I out. I an injury I said, so I could stop riding. <laughs> I said, put these in your gloves. They'll help keep your hands warm. Um, I had to explain what knee warmers were because he had a bag of things and learning what all the things are. I'm not sure I know what knee warmers are. They come up I mean, just above your knee. I know knee what those just, two words are independently of each other. <laughs> they come up just above your knee uh-huh. and just down the middle of your oh. shin, sometimes all the way to your ankle. And they're just intended to keep your knee joints warm when right it's on. really cold. Mm-hmm. Oh. But if you don't have tights, it's a good way to kind of bridge the gap. So he sh- he was ready to ride in shorts. And I said, no, no. In, in 32? It. In- in 20-something? Because you don't no. know what you don't know. Yeah. Must come from my uh, Minnesota heritage. <laughs> there you go. Just channeling it. Channeling the Norwegians there. Nice. Sure, as long as your core is warm, right? Who cares? There you That's go. That's right. So, yes. Uh, we we did it. We we did it. And I'm sad. I wasn't hard riding. I just learned some things the other day. It was like I had a new pair of gloves, and they were great for 40, and they were not good for 32 degrees. So I had to oh, go yeah. home and change gloves. But other than that, it's good. And a new windbreaker that she got for me. Right on. So I'm good. Don't care. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Nice. That's wow. that. See? That's great. Right. What a turnover. Yeah. From from going to like, eh, somewhat ambivalent to like gung-ho now. I just never really went out and did it. Yeah. Like all day, like serious writing, like – Awesome. I can't believe I just did that. I say that to myself all the time. Oh. Because now my little training run is up and down Tabor and then up and down Rocky Butte. When I get to the top of Rocky Butte, I think I can't believe I just did that. Right. Hmm. And I get to go eat whatever the hell I want because I just burned 800 <laughs> calories. So yeah. let's go. I think that might be my favorite part about bicycling. I seriously, the protein bar after um, Zellerback was the tastiest thing I've ever eaten in my entire <laughs> yeah. life. Nice. It's good. Yes, long chats about bringing food on rides because yes. bonk. What's a bonk? Found so, out. I found out. Hmm. Did you find out from life experience? From life experience. Yeah. I was at the bottom of Rocky Butte waiting to go up, and I started circling to like catch my breath and completely ran out of gas. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, my brain told my arms to turn the wheel, but it didn't work. Hmm. And I crashed into the curb and <laughs> fell over. And, oh, wow. Just laying there like an idiot, and perhaps I should eat that protein bar that Mayo makes me bring with me. <laughs> yes, you don't have to eat it, but you do have to take it with you. Got to take it. All the snacks. Ten minutes later, I was fine. So it's weird. I feel like Mel's imparting a lot of wisdom. That sounds like it was maybe learned the hard way earlier on in things. Is is that the case, or have you always come at it in the in the prep sense? I had a lot of folks helping me. I mean, okay. I've been I've been racing bikes for ten years. So I I took everything that people were giving me and absorbed it and uh, food, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> all the things. Yeah. And I've been lucky enough to not have a bonk, but I've definitely watched people bonk. And I was like, I don't ever want to be that person that is cramping and spacey and can't feel their face. Uh, and, you know, I don't I don't want that to be me. It sends me back. <laughs> fond memories, memories of bonking yeah what was that race you were talking about <laughs> it's not even for racing like uh my my very first bonk mm. <laughs> was on the way out uh to crater lake mm-hmm. we had 
just got past Silver. No, we were out north of Silverton. So, uh, what is that? Around 50 miles? Okay. Somewhere around there? Yeah, it sounds about um, right. And there was, there was a hill to climb, and uh, I was with Brock and Adele, and Adele just shot forward. Um, she I had her power bar. <laughs> she, she ate, comes, she she ate, ate the snacks. <laughs> comes to turn out, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> she just wanted to get up to the top of the hill because she knew she was about to bonk. Oh. And if she could get up to the top of the hill, then she could get into the paneers. Bonk and You know, peace. have a place to pull over. And yeah. Hmm. But I remember like, yeah, that, that feeling of like, you just sort of feel all the blood drain from your face. And, yeah. Yeah. You kind of feel a little lightheaded and kind of shaky. And, um, there was a part of me that wanted to get off, but I knew if I had gotten off my bike at that point, it pretty much would have been all over. Like the whole trip would have been over, <laughs> honestly, um, because I, I didn't know what that feeling was, but I knew like I had to at least get to the top of the hill where there's Adele standing with the bike and, and Brock was kind enough to stay behind sort of stoking me on and like, you all right, you, you well, make it. Buddy push up yeah, the hill. Yeah. You gonna make it. Yeah. I think I'm gonna make it. You make it. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it. <laughs> I didn't know. I really, I just had to say I was going to otherwise. Yeah. You know, the alternative, you yeah. didn't want to just point it back down that hill and <laughs> be like, all right, see ya. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, that, um, Somewhat reminds me of my first bonk. I've bonked from running more often than I care to admit. Uh, but from biking the first time I ever headed out on tour, I made it just halfway down the Banks Renonia Trail from Forest Grove. And uh, I hadn't actually got the food that I needed with me. And so I ended up uh, bonking like in the equestrian trail. And all I had, I remember a friend had given me a bag of peanut, uh, those like peanut candies that taste like banana circus peanuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he gave me a bag of circus like styrofoam. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, something about me is I love the, like, candy that most people hate. Right. Uh, I really love circus peanuts. So a friend had given me this huge bag, like, uh, whatever, like, the half gallon is or something as a joke. And I remember just sitting there on my back, like, eating one after the other, after the other. <laughs> and when the bag was gone and I, like, woke up from my sugar nap, I was like, uh, I think I need to keep moving. But that was uncomfortable. Uh, so I, I feel like I can relate on the, like, I'm halfway up the hill, but in my case, I didn't make it all the way up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat, eat food. Maybe not circus peanuts, but something else. I think I think power bars are up, up the alley. Yes. <laughs> Phil, have you have you found a power bar of choice? Like, um, I like Cliff Bar's peanut butter ones. They're actually too tasty, perhaps, but um, and an RX bar, uh, RX bar that she gave me. I, I love our X bars. They're a little on the spendy side, but I love their uh, what is it? The coconut chocolate one. It's so good. And Cliff after, bars are. I had to sh- I had to quit my Cliff Bar mm-hmm. habit. <laughs> quit anytime. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I gave up sugar four months ago, but I'm pretty sure there's sugar in the Cliff bars. But Cliff bar, yes. Our X bar, I don't think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the other added bonus of starting to ride bikes with me is. Um, you lost a bunch of weight. Well, my doctor suggested, and I'm making air bunnies now, um, that I, uh, my systolic was high. She suggested that I give up sugar and lose 10 pounds. So I gave up sugar. I lost 
Well, I've lost 18 pounds now. I mean, just the act of giving up sugar probably would help you on your way to sure. losing any kind of pounds. Yeah, it's really only hard for about the first week, yeah. and then it's not really that hard at all. <clears throat> and got my systolic down like 18 points or something. Right so on. It's all good. Nice. I'm still doing it, so have goals. I want to lose four more pounds and should make it easier getting up those hills. Nice. That's my goal. Power to weight ratio. We, we haven't talked. We haven't. Sure. We're not there yet. We haven't had those sure. conversations. You're, you're like we slow. don't talk fancy coach talk. You're slowly prepping him for the Burns 120, it sounds like. Maybe. Maybe. Well, my husband is doing the um, the skull, the 30-miler. So, you know, Ooh. if you feel like coming all the way down to Burns, Oregon, you can do the 30-miler. Okay. He just says okay. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's actually no, signing I, up for. I think I can take him. Oh, nice. I like nice. I like the challenge yes. of that. Yes, you heard it here first. That's for right your, for posterity. Somebody, I <laughs> it got will to, be done. I got to pass somebody going up Tabor the other day, and I just thought God was throwing me a bone. It was like, okay, mm. I finally got to pass somebody. Yay! Mm. Who was younger than me, of course. Older well, that, one. Count. That makes it even better, right? Oh yeah. You're like, haha. <laughs> Do you have people try to try to chase you or pace off of you? Is uh, that something that happens often? No, I was pacing a couple of people the other day on my way to Rocky Butte. That was kind of fun. It's just like I got tired of being behind. I went ahead. Nice. And I was mimicking stuff that my L taught me about. There's a car over there. Watch out over here. <laughs> oh, like the hand signals? The hand signals. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm so proud of you. Nice. <laughs> you were being a good ride partner. I was. Or a poser, one of the two. <laughs> they, they wouldn't know the difference. You're fine. Good. You're fine. <laughs> I got the gear, so I looked the part. You do look the part. <laughs> it was nice of you to point out hazards. The signals are fun. That's something uh, before I did any riding with a group, uh, I didn't actually know. And so the first time somebody pointed, I actually went right for it. I was like, I'm going to hit exactly where you're pointing at. <laughs> it didn't totally turn out winning. too well. Yeah. Winning this ride right oh, now. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, if that's where you want me to go, that's where I'm going to go. <laughs> um, that was a quick lesson to learn. But I, I, uh, I enjoy how there's like different variances between, you know, who you ride with and sort of what you get exposed to. It's really it keeps it fun. I forget when I'm with other riders to do those things. I I signal for, like, if there's a, a driver behind me in a car, mm -hmm. like, I'll signal to communicate with them, like, hey, I'm about to get over in this lane, or go yeah. ahead and pass me, you're mm -hmm. clear, yeah. or, or wait, because you're not. No, they don't wait, but <laughs> I'll at least attempt to. Um, but I, yeah, when I'm with other riders, I'm just like, eh, they'll see it. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really think about it, but I, I'm never like, we're hardly ever going that fast. I'm like in the group rides where we're going like five miles per hour, 10 miles per hour. Yeah. That's a good point too. Cause most yeah. of my riding is around like 12 miles an hour, yeah. but we were, I think we were going closer to like 20 or 22 ish right during on. that time. Potholes are dangerous at 20 miles an hour. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so speaking of the Burns and Burns 120, uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about that ride and sort of, you, we were talking a bit before the recording about it, uh, but it sounded like you have plans for it this year. I do. Uh, I had other events going on in 2018, so I wasn't able to go to the second annual, but um, it, I don't know how to describe it. It's rural, it's rugged, you're riding goat trails, um, baby head rocks, you have beautiful vistas, you have four service roads, the 
that I, it's, it's not like any riding we do around here. It's very remote and it's very well supported. One of my favorite parts of doing that race, other than just the, the beauty of being down by the Malheur um, National Wildlife Refuge, I think that's, that's how you say it, mm-hmm. um, was the support of the Forest Service. <clears throat> everybody showed up. They had trucks and trucks really? and trucks. Everybody. Oh, that's the, so cool. The poli- well, because the, the rainbow folks were down there. Two oh, years ago, oh, oh, yeah. and okay. they were. Um, everyone was happy to come work with the racers because we were not going to cause problems. We, we weren't rainbow. <laughs> we weren't. We weren't. All apologies to all you rainbow people. Listening, we right. But... We just were a little more predictable. Sure, so sure. I had a, a sheriff holding my bike so I could fill up my Camelback at an aid station, and that felt like the weirdest thing. It's like, yeah. here, I'll hold your bike. I'm like, I don't. I feel weird about this. I don't. <laughs> I don't feel like you should be doing that. He's no. like, no, that's what we're here for. I'm like, I, I like. I saw all the trucks loaded with all the food and the water and all the police there. And I almost started crying. I was like, I've never seen this much support (laughs) for a race. And they have more support now. They have more sponsors now. Um, PDX tie Ren cycles is going to be one of the sponsors again this year. Oh, that's great. And they're really trying to encourage more people to come. It's, it's, it's a pretty fabulous event. Um, So just go down, stay for the weekend because it's a long drive go fishing, go on other rides. That's the plan. Nice. And and I was very surprised that my husband wanted to come down and do the 30 miler. I didn't even have to, <laughs> I didn't even have to encourage him. He had back surgery last summer. So oh, wow. the fact that he wants to come down yeah. and ride gravel is fabulous. Would you say um, that the 30 mile compared to the 120, it, it's all the same riding? It's just a different shorter route or it's, does it sort of split things up a little it bit? It split it splits things up. The The route changed from the first year. The first year we had um, an all-terrain vehicles section that the 60 milers rode, which meant that there was a lot of hike-a-bike. And so mm. they took some of that out because people didn't want to push their bike uphill for two yeah. miles because they didn't have a motorcycle. Fair <laughs> enough. But I heard that last year's route was was much um, much better for riding, less less of that. But there's just a point um, where you get to, I think it was the 40 miles, where the 120 miler split off and the 60 miler split off. So the 30, I haven't seen the route this year. Okay. But I think it's far more reasonable for mm-hmm. someone if they just don't feel like being out there all day. Okay. And it sounds like they're, you know, off of the last two years, pretty receptive to that feedback Absolutely. As well. They wanted feedback from all of the participants to make sure that they were getting more people to come and it this was is, it was a good day. This is reminding me a lot of the Swift Summit. Mm. Sort of how I think like, there's the some whole community s- sort of yes. comes together to to kind of support this this event that's happening in their in their area. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the one thing I can't stress enough is just the absolute support of this. And it's it's a long way to go. So people have to really be invested and in just yeah. going down there just to have all of um, all of that support and it's compared to some of the other events it's a very affordable event as well yeah trying nice. to get more people to come nice and apparently phil you're gonna do it <laughs> maybe <laughs> oh you already it's okay we won't hold you all the way to it okay good we'll support you if you go though <laughs> fair enough mm-hmm <laughs> 
I'm looking at your notes. Oh, here. Here. Um, let me pass my, <laughs> my my very dutiful notes. Oh yes, cyclocross. So, Mael, you do a lot of cyclocross. Well, and we kind of touched upon that. In, yes, in that uh, you do the all terrain stuff, um, but you're also active in the cyclocross. I am. Yes. Um, I guess first off, let's let's explain what cyclocross is in case anybody just happens to be living under a rock. I don't know <laughs> that that came out all wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like cyclocross. But, I, no, I, it not that people still, are living under a rock. It's still pretty new though. Well, right? and I feel just personally on like what I've seen across the world, it somewhat relatively isolates to certain areas. Yeah, and so you might very well be out of like cyclocross territory. So I'd, I'd say it's fair okay. to explain. Cyclocross is like a steeplechase with bikes. Um, it's grass, mud, rocks, dirt, pavement, um, running uphill, putting your bike on your shoulder, jumping over obstacles, natural and man-made. <laughs> right. <laughs> Riders must go over all obstacles, natural and man-made. The courses are lapped. So it's a loop course, and it's as many laps as you can get in, depending on your category, um, usually 40 to 45 minutes for the lower categories and an hour for the higher categories. That's right. It's not a set number of laps. It's a, You as finish many, on the leader's lap. Yeah, as many laps as you can get within, or as the leader can get within right. that time. Yeah. Which may mean if you're in the back that you see the leader again <laughs> as they come by you. Possibly twice. That is that is absolutely possible. <laughs> That's when you take your chance and seize victory. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was with him the whole time. I had that guy. I totally had that guy. Uh, I, I had that guy five times. He <laughs> just kept doing circles around me. Um, what got you into cyclocross? Actually, one of my friends at the bike gallery said, I think you should you should go out for cyclocross. And this is 10 years ago. And I said, that's a boy sport, isn't it? And he said, no, no, lots of women do cyclocross. I think you would have a great time. And I just bought a used Cannondale that I had painted hot pink. And it was an old disc brake before disc brakes were cool. Nice. <laughs> you got that cred. That's right. And... I went out to the Selwood Cycle Repair clinics that they were hosting at Alpenrose, and I put pink Crossfire tires on that bike, and I was like, I'm all in. This is this is great. I don't know what this is, but I think I, uh, I need to do this. And that was the beginning of the end. And then <laughs> I, I, did, I did all the racing all the time. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Philip, are you are you getting into cyclocross too? Then no, or... but they have an over sixty bracket, so maybe. Yeah, make it go. <laughs> if I had a bike like hers that weighs absolutely nothing, it would right? Be... Seriously, you have a Raleigh, right? It weighs I, nothing. I, I do. I have a Raleigh with a Gates belt drive, and it's got carbon. Oh gosh, carbon, so it'll, it'll oh, carbon tubulars. That bike just rides itself over the course, <laughs> right? <laughs> But there's there's a lot of different bikes out there. You know, the few times I've I've been out to to watch, like I've seen at least one fat bike on the course and you know, of course it's it's definitely not a contender per se, but they're definitely having fun out there. It's a run what you brung. I that's yeah. what I tell people. I host my own clinics 
And I tell people, just bring what you have. You don't need anything fancy. You have to decide if you like this and if it's fun for you. And if it is, then you can make that decision later. And most people start on old mountain bikes mm-hmm. yeah. and they do a whole season as a beginner. And they're like, okay, I really like this. Now I think I want to invest in a cyclocross bike or something that maybe a little lighter. Because yeah. picking up a mountain bike like and a running up trucker. Hill, yeah. 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 Disc trucker, cyclocross all the way. We do have we do have racers that race fat bikes at every race. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> they are all in on that fat bike. It feels like you know, it cyclocross is one of those sports similar to most of biking, which you can enjoy any way you want to slice it. Absolutely. And I feel like the advantage of going with an older bike or with something that's that's not riding itself over the course <laughs> is that you might not, you know, be up in the top finish or or, or as, as well as you would be with such bike. But you get mad credits for just like going through the course anyway. Like if you see somebody just really hauling it through with like an old 1980 Schwinn or something, you're you're they're probably oh, yeah. not finishing. Well, Flat maybe pedals, they're not finishing shoes. first. Yeah, just good job. Oh yeah, that thing like, must right, weigh yeah. like 70 pounds. Good so, job. Totally, totally. I feel like it's um, one they of those in those two laps. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those sports that is uh, nice to approach from you know any angle. Right. Yeah. And my first cross bike weighed as much as a hardtail mountain bike don't don't get me wrong it was yeah. it was pretty to look at <laughs> but it was heavy mm-hmm. the the i wanted to make a comment one of the things that philip used to say to me when i would tell him about you know all my crazy racing antics and falling down and the wounds um he would say well it keeps you off the street right something my dad would say yeah let's <laughs> keep you off the streets it is, which is only ironic in the sense that if you're falling down a lot, you might just be spending a lot of time on the street. <laughs> a little bit more time, <laughs> right? Just a little bit. In the rocks, in the mud. Seem to be very proud of your wounds. So mm-hmm. look what I got. Awesome. And then yeah. he would say, but it's fun, right? It's fun. It, you enjoy it, don't you? I mm-hmm. do enjoy it's fun, it. fun, right? Yeah. And it sounds like you've been enjoying it as well. I mean, you know, all things considered. Yeah, actually, I have perfect legs for biking. I have giant thighs and big calves, and I can do it all day. And, yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to get on it. Hmm. Um, One of the things I realized when I started riding with her is that, you know, I work out every day and I do power walking and all that kind of stuff, but that's been very rote for a very long time. And bicycling, total, total workout, total get drenched with sweat. And have a great time doing it, hmm. which is sort of interesting. I've been, uh, I'm a counselor, and one of the things I teach is at doing affirm- daily affirmations. And a lot of times, affirmations, for example, are things that you wish were true. Hmm. And one of mine that I've been doing for like 15 years is about exercising in ways that are fun. And I don't like going to the gym. I've never liked going to the yeah. gym. I do it because it's good for me. But this is a blast. So, yeah, as long as it's not pouring, freezing rain, let's go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And even then, like after a while, I mean, it's, it's miserable at first, but after a while you get, you get to this point where you kind of feel like a superhero. Like, Mm. yeah, it's miserable and it's pouring out, but I'm in it and I'm making it work. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell everyone I survived it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now I've got bragging rights. (laughs) I have a friend who runs marathons. And one time she said simply that if you don't run in the rain in Oregon, you don't run much. So (laughs) it made me buy some weather gear and get out and power walk and whatnot. So I'm not afraid of the rain anymore. It's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I think um, that rain check effect 
you know, especially I observe in folks sort of new to town, it's like, oh yeah, it's well, it's you want to do that next week, and I, you know, the first couple of times you're like, sure, yeah, sounds good, and then eventually they figure out that you figured out that it rains all the time, and so you just go out <laughs> and you do something. Yeah, that's uh, Portland for God's sake. Oh so, yeah. yeah, the Pacific Northwest as a whole. <laughs> I mean, I'll take a couple of rain checks on things, but I cash all those rain checks in Booyah. in the summer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as like being new to biking, uh, was there ever any like uh, hesitancy of, of biking like with traffic or you know on on some of the shared infrastructure that um, we have here? Mile just we set out and I just followed her and we went you know, all out to St. John's and all that and back down Vancouver. And I didn't, she didn't ask me if I felt like doing that. We just went. And so <laughs> yeah. I just did it a few times and it's not really that scary. So a couple of those places where the bike lanes in the middle and you have traffic on both sides of you, I don't love that so much, no. but um, yeah, I don't mind it. And what right did we on. talk about riding on Stark? Don't do it. That's what we <laughs> talked about. Really? So there were, um, there's different routes that would be a shorter cut to back to his place. And I said, here's the thing. You can ride on those streets, but some of these streets don't have bike lanes. They're narrow and you have fast moving traffic. So I'm going to take you on the green streets Mm -hmm. and I'm going to take you on the safer routes. And then on your own, if you decide you want to ride on busy streets, that's fine. I just want you to see the safest way to get to and from where you're going until you're more confident. No, every time I see a bicycle on Burnside, it's like, what are you doing? There's a bike lane like a block that <laughs> or 82nd. way. Or 82nd. Don't ride your bike oh on 82nd. Oh, my God. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm. I, I did it once. I'll I did do... it once. I'll never do it again. I'll do it occasionally. I don't live around there anymore, but I used to live like right along Southeast 82nd, and I would go to the, the theater. The Is it the Academy that's there on Stark? Mm-hmm. And then bike down 82nd. This is like later at night, so not much traffic. Definitely would do it. But they're, but they're going 70 the miles an hour. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it during the day where like there's always a bunch of traffic. And I don't know if I would do it now at all. Hmm. I'm a little older and wiser. Plus the sidewalk's just so wide on 82nd. I mean, <laughs> come on. Right? It's covered in glass, which yeah. is yes. also a bad idea. Oh, boy. We do have what the city of Portland's up to 370 miles, I believe, of bike-related infrastructure. So all the greenways and such that you were exploring. Uh, but some sometimes, especially if you're out on Starker, if you're out on 82nd, it still doesn't feel quite enough. No. <laughs> um, interestingly enough, the 7th Street here near the studio is going through, I think I heard, as the bikeway, as yes. opposed to 9th. So we might even get a, a better <gasps> route to the studio for both Aaron and I, which would Yay. be appreciated. Um, but but progress slowly over time is still progress. Um, in terms of your, I guess, coming into experience of, of being a non-rider to a rider, do you notice that any of the thoughts or beliefs you'd previously held were challenged or perhaps altered in a different way after riding? Um, I used to be kind of judgmental, for example, about people not stopping at stop signs, but... Um, mm-hmm. I California stop most of them. So <laughs> as long as there's nothing coming, um, my experience or my attitude about bicyclists is like any other group. There's plenty of really good people and a few mm-hmm. jerks that screw it up for the rest of us. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just more aware of them than I used to be. That's okay. for darn sure. Yeah. 
it definitely helps to <clears throat> excuse me to ride as well because then you know where to look and, and sort of how to and, and when and if you're not riding every day or haven't even ridden in a few years it can be very difficult yeah i feel to get in the habit of of anticipating that well and there's a there's a bike lane crossing on burnside right where i live that i sort of hated from the moment it went in because i thought it was like three hundred thousand dollars and there's another light a block away, which I thought was ridiculous. But, of course, I use that constantly now. So <laughs> I'm very appreciative of it. I think it. I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> yep. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I, I'm always curious to hear because it, it's, um, you know, not, not always is there a light bulb moment or a flip going from off to on. But it's always very curious to see perception changes uh, as people get into the hobby and, and the sport. I um, always have good chats with my mom when she drives into town. Because she'll she'll start off on a story and and then I'll be like, but but that's me. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that's that's good. She she's a good driver. She just, I mean, Portland as a whole, if you're used to driving in a density or a population density that's mm. like one two hundredth or something of the city, I think driving in Portland in general is kind of a hazard. Right. Mm. Um, excellent. I had a started a chat with one of my guys in group one day and it took me about four minutes to realize he was talking about motorcycles and i was talking about bicycles oh yeah <laughs> yes <clears throat> i love those i love those conversations i've had those a few times too finally asked some question about it and i said no i'm the engine because that's what it says on the side of my bicycle <laughs> <laughs> i'm nice be the engine be the engine there are some fun um sort of misnomers in the bike world where you can say i think bike is one of them you know folks will refer to motorcycle or yeah, bicycle bike. and then yeah. uh similarly bike rack is another where really until you specify context i might be talking about something that goes on the back of a car or i might be talking about something that goes on the back of a bike oh um, yes and so it, it's always interesting because those misnomer terms uh it's really easy to get tripped up on <laughs> what was that <laughs> <laughs> my, my was, uh, motioning. I was motioning of other types of oh, racks. Oh, yes. There are, it should be noted, other types of racks. Um, <laughs> yes, but particularly within the bike realm. <laughs> Those two, I feel like, throw the most trouble to people. <laughs> I feel like you are the, correct. We're the kids. I feel like we're the kids in the back of the room. Oh, yeah. Just got caught by the teacher. <laughs> It's all, it's all good. I, I have a tendency at times to take people incredibly literally. So it'll yeah. like get me into trouble sometimes where they're like, no, I was joking. I was like, but you, but, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, any other, any other sort of revelations or, or just sort of general thoughts that you've settled upon since you started this journey? And um, yeah, what do you, what or do you see the next year looking like? you would give to somebody else. Yeah thinking about this or, just or get reluctant. on the freaking bike that's what i would <laughs> hey. say just yeah, get I can on get the bike it, I can get with that yeah um just again that i i can't believe it took me this long to get on the bike and actually ride it in earnest and do it the way that she's taught me how to do it yeah i didn't know it would be that fun yeah i really didn't know that so watching the aha moments happen when we're out riding is pretty pretty fun for me Absolutely. Like every time we rode after he got his Kona do, he would say, I fucking love disc brakes. <laughs> I love disc brakes. I love disc yes. brakes. I have a song about disc brakes that I sing going down Tabor to Ooh. the tune of I Want Candy. 
Ah, just I love disc brakes. Yeah. You're welcome to, to share if, <laughs> no, if you're no, feeling no, okay. no. just that much. You really don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> I'm the one Episcopalian that can't sing, so trust me on this one. <laughs> the, uh, I would say the, the other moment was I knew where we were on Crown Zellerbach. We were almost to the top at the the railroad trellis, and that, that was our that was our stopping point. That was where our goal was for the day. And, but he didn't know that, mm. and I didn't tell him because I wanted him to keep going. Mm-hmm. And our rule is you can stop as long as you want, anytime you want. All of us do it on any ride. There's mm. always a moment where someone's like, look, I just need to take a break. I need to sit down. I need to have a snack. And knowing that that's, that's a common thing. And, um, yeah, he said to me, um, you know, I'm, I'm failing. I said, no, you're not failing. You're learning. Mm. And then he kept going, and he made it to Got the top. Got back on the bike. Got right back on. on the bike and kept going. That, that I think is a very, like, universal observation that many fail to uh, recognize when it counts. Yeah. yeah, that that's good. I'm taking that one home. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's a learning process, and we have all been at that point where, like, I just want to be at the top of this thing. I want, I, I want the suffering to stop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, when we went to Riverview the very first time, we stopped at the bottom and you said, you don't have to if you don't want to. I said, I'm perfectly willing to fail at it. I'm just not willing to not try. So mm. let's go. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Uh, I will suck at it. I'm willing to suck at it. Booyah. It's a bumper sticker. Right? <laughs> Back of my car. Well, yes. thanks for coming in. Thanks for yeah sharing your story with us. It's so great. 2019 just started do you have any any goals or ambitions for the year to come well she's trying to get me to sign up for my first century on some website so is it my first century my first century that's what yeah. it's called yes trevor spangle yes yes, yes. he's yes. good people yes yep yes absolutely so i haven't quite pushed the button on that do you really want to Featured athlete, sixty-five <laughs> years old. Yes, oh, yes. yes, we do. Are you kidding? Yes. yes, we do. <laughs> oh, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> well, Oops. a feature athlete and currently um, cancer-free. Cancer-free. Yeah, we we barely talked about that. Really. Yep. Yep. Pretty awesome. Um, did you find that that influenced you into getting into biking? Um. <clears throat> If I do, I don't have like a cognitive, like this happened and then this happened, sort of a a causality thing, but it just, I was open to doing different things and I wanted to do, here's the great thing about cancer and I really don't care how corny this sounds. It's been um, since March um, that the surgery was successful and all that. I don't have a moment that I'm not just freaking grateful to be alive right now. Right on. Even like when I'm at work and things are off the rails and I'm thinking, oh, this sucks. It's like, isn't it great that I get to be alive for this to suck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least uh, experiencing the suckiness is still experiencing, it's, right? I get to be here and, yeah. Yeah. See my granddaughter's eighth birthday and move on to the next thing. So awesome. it got me out on the bike. And so, yeah. I have a belief about things happen for a reason and things coalesced or synchronicity or whatever. Again, why didn't I call her up and bow out of that first bike ride? I don't know. Because <laughs> I promised there would be coffee in the middle. That's right. Coffee in the middle oh, and yeah. snacks. 
I had a different idea of snacks than she did. (laughs) (laughs) Biking at all just reduces that that friction or that barrier. Yes. The more you ride, the more anything counts as snacks. But I I feel like I know what you're on to with with the good snacks. Right. (laughs) Every time she's taken me places like, you know, going up Forest Park, it's like I look at the hill and it's like, I don't think I can do this. But apparently she thinks I can. So let's give it a go. Saltzman? Have you done Saltzman yet? No. Uh, No. That's next. It's great in the summer. You probably do it in the winter too. Hey, sp- speaking of riding down something, Saltzman, I think, is my mm. favorite exit out of Forest Park. I can't you believe you ride, ride down Saltzman. I only you ever you? ride up Saltzman. Oh, I bombed down Saltzman. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> fire Lane 5. Yeah. Yeah. Down yeah. Saltzman. If I had suspension, Fire Lane 5. <laughs> suspension. <laughs> Cross bikes. Yeah. Cross I'm bikes. sitting on my 26 inch surly here being like, gee, I have one bike. I, I mean, I still ride one it. One to rule them all. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, thank you both so much for coming sure. on the show this Thanks evening. Thanks for having us. Congratulations on winning the coveted spot of a uh, Sprocket guest. <laughs> um, and congratulations, too, on your completion of Cranksgiving. Yay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. All right. Here comes our calendar. I love, I love, I love, I love, I love my don't, don't ever use that. Tim Mooney for the win. Oh, yeah. His something th- appearance plus a million. <laughs> right. <laughs> the second Thursday of every month, the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Also also the second Friday of every month, the East Bay Bike Party. Last Friday of every month is the Baltimore Bike Party. And every second Sunday of every month right here in Portland... The Corvidi Bike Club Ride. This uh, an old calendar, January 8th, Bowie Birthday Ride. Speaking of which, Kimmy Cross happened recently. Would you like to give us a a 15 to 30 second or longer um, showdown rundown on how Kimmy Cross was this year? Kimmy Cross was very wet. Yeah. Uh, It was very muddy. There was a lot of falling down in the park. It was super fun. Yes, it was super (laughs) fun because it was so muddy. Um, I don't know that everyone made it to every single stop because it was, uh, it was epic conditions. It was yeah. 38 and raining and mm-hmm. we, yeah, it wasn't just raining. We, it was cold. It was, it was cold. So you just kept, kept moving. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we were one of the few teams that made it all the way down to OHSU to, oh, uh, wow. yep. To get our little tick mark down there and learn about how to keep your skin safe from skin cancer. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. There's, um, total segue portland has one of the higher <laughs> rates of melanoma of any state in the united yeah. states no i i remember <laughs> reading that which is funny because the sun never shines here but it's true then, well what then a, again maybe <clears throat> what apparently know, happens the sun is, never shines here. yeah because it's the overcast well overcast and also it sounded from from what i had read is oregonians get so little sunshine that they often under prepare when it does happen oh. so you might be like well screw it i'm not gonna wear sunscreen we only get sun two days a year but those two days melanoma gotta gotta live life with your sunscreen on (laughs) yeah exactly um speaking of kimmy cross mm -hmm. though kimmy cross sponsored by the The beer Beer mongers Mongers on southeast division in 12 i'm enjoying a delicious hazy new england style india pale ale called make america juicy again Uh, (laughs) nice (laughs) it's kind of you know it is what it is Uh, (laughs) and uh yeah it's it's you know it's doing its part (laughs) Yeah, I am, as always, experiencing a dry kombucha. 
Oh yeah. The jazzberry flavor this time. Which it, is it we, Lionheart. <laughs> Lionheart. 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 Oh, there, there it is. Kombucha. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always, to the Beer Bongers. Sponsor. Thank you so much for providing our drinks. Yeah, and uh, also the the runners of Kimmy Cross. So yes. th- thank you for Thanks that. Thanks for doing that. Um, let's see. Where are we? Upcoming film by bike tour dates. There we are. Not too late to submit your entries. You have until January 20th. And Boise, Idaho is January 18th. L.A., California, January 27th. Hood River, Oregon, February 12th. Arcata, California, March 15th. And our favorite, Bendigo, Australia, only just because it's a fun word to say, October 4th. Oh, yeah. If you have a calendar event that you would like to send us, please do. We'd be happy to put it on. In fact, I will even... Definitely. I will even put one on that's not actually on because it's not a calendar event uh but there is a pdx sort of like scavenger hunt that goes on this is also what i've been meaning to talk about in terms wait, of wait say what so yeah there's a um website which i think is just called like it's not cyclepdx.com because that's the bike shop uh, that i've worked for but uh it, it's just if i think if you google pdx cycle or I'll, I'll have us post a link in the show notes okay. how about we do that uh but basically that's a it's a great idea <laughs> what <laughs> what no that's too complicated uh so essentially people take photos of a historical or otherwise notable location around mm-hmm. portland and you can go to the website or they have a subreddit that's devoted towards this cause and basically you take a shot of your bicycle and that location if you know it and then you get to choose the next location um so it's been relatively defunct this has been going on for like at least four or five years really now. oh yeah i've never heard of this before well now I you haven't have heard of it either yeah. okay well i'll get my act together for next episode <laughs> or check the show notes for this one. Oh, this is great like um, this this will help like sublimate my my bike scout withdrawal yeah if you are on bike scout withdrawal like you could seriously do a number with this yeah. activity. Um, I view it, I haven't done it yet, but my intention has been, um, w- one of the things I did not get around to for Christmas break was to start partaking in this. Uh, so the most recent photograph was of the underside of the Tillicum Crossing. And I can safely say that because it's now been reposted as a new location. Um, but it seemed like a really nice way to sort of like tie in with the city if you're sort of a, um, you know, bike fan or or places of portland fan it's i'd say if you if you're a longtime resident it'll be a pretty like fun and relatively easy game to play speaking of longtime born and raised yeah (laughs) well you'll probably have a big heads up um and and so yeah i view it as a uh really wonderful way to explore the city by bike in a way you might not have done before uh i i will send you the link to that website because they post it on the website um and it's updated i think either via the website or via their subreddit um but you know using technology to do fun things with your community i'm a fan yeah and that was our calendar yeah what can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike i like my bike it's We have a new donor. Yay! Thank you so much. Sarah G joins the ranks. Sarah, thank you for all of your support. And whether you listen or do otherwise, we always appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Thank you to everybody and our supporters. and also, yeah, I'm gonna stop there. I we, we don't we, we're talk, we don't have a hard sell. We we just like making a show about bicycles. That's basically it. And speaking of bicycles, do Ooh. you have trouble sleeping at night? 
Yes. Would you like a new mattress? Yes. Stamps.com. Stamps.com will, <laughs> will send you a Casper we'll mattress. An, we'll give you an Audible audiobook. <laughs> what are some of the other common I don't know. things sold on They're podcasts? They're so horrible. Yeah. <laughs> on, to our, on to our headlines. <laughs> Next one. Uh, I'm going to read this straight off here because I couldn't add it on. Uh, Trevor, we had just spoken about him, has a new project, which we also just spoken about. Um. It is called My First Century. You could probably guess what this is. What? <clears throat> he says, been working hard the last couple months with VeloPro to put together the first annual My First Century project. If you've ever been looking to ride a century but don't know how or where to start or feel that you don't have the right supports, look no further. Stoke to partner with Shammy Butter, Osmo, I'm going to mispronounce this. Hincapi Sportswear, Eugene Velo Bicycling Club, and Santium Spokes Bicycling Club. We will post a link to that. So if you've never rode a century and you're wondering, how could I ride my first century? Or what is a century? What is a century? It's 100 years. Yes. If you plan to ride for 100 years, <laughs> it's 100 miles. <laughs> it's 100 miles. <laughs> what if, can I, can I like join for my second century? Yes. Because I've only ever done one. They just add together. That, okay. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> I don't, I, the, the one, the one K. It's been so long ago. <laughs> You get a do-over. <laughs> Can I get a do-over? It was yeah. it was in jeans. Like I don't feel like I actually did a century. Did you actually. do it in the 80s? <laughs> no. <laughs> Damn, because that would have been slick. Jeans in the 80s. Jorts. On my, yeah, on my jorts. The pockets were hanging out the, the back. Well, if we ever get a DeLorean, I know what I'm doing first. <laughs> <laughs> um, from Cycling Today via Brock Didis. Our producer. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cyclists are attached to their bikes, study says. Um, yes. I love this because below this, Aaron's note <laughs> says, Aaron's summary from University of Alberta's Department of No Shit Studies, cyclists are attached to their bike. Uh, That's it's, a good it's actually Alberta's Faculty of Agricultural Life and Environmental Sciences, but Ooh, I feel given, given the headline, it should probably come from their Department of No Shit Studies. Ooh, yeah. Sci I mean, scientists do you confirm. Feel, do you feel emotionally attached to your bicycle? I know this is like... Oh. So I'm probably a bad person to ask about this. Wait, say so what? Okay, um, let's let's go back. I'm not even edit all all of this response. Oh, <laughs> no, oh I'm no, just kidding. No, you're good. It's so it. I I always search for the out and or not always, but I often search for the out and an answer. And so my out for this answer is yes and no because yeah. I know that my bike will get stolen if I own yes, my bike we've for talked long about enough. This it will be stolen. Yes. So I personally try to really hone in and identify with the feeling of riding and knowing that I can get that from any bike. That being said, it would be really nice if somebody didn't steal the bike I'm riding presently. <laughs> yes. Um, so I do get attached, but I, I try to keep it more in the yeah. feeling of riding department. I'm, how do you feel? I, I have one bike that I've had for a long time, and it's a bike that I won. It is the least expensive bike I own. Um, I, I wanted it sell it in a raffle. Wow. It's a Kona Humu Humu. It's a single speed. It weighs a ton, but I love this bike. Mm. I call <laughs> it my sunshine, and it would break my heart if someone stole that bike. Yeah. yeah. It's not that it couldn't be replaced. It's just that I have so much fun riding it, and it's been so many places that would just 
it would crush my soul if somebody right. took it. Ooh, yeah. How about yourself, Aaron? Oh gosh. Yeah. I have I have two and a half bikes and counting, and I and plus each one. And each plus one. one. Yeah, each one is like I I can't bear the thought yeah. of them not <laughs> being in my possession. Yeah. Um, I think I've talked about. Like I had a real heart to heart with my girlfriend uh, about like selling our bikes at one point, and like, how do you do that? Hmm. How you don't? You know, we couldn't. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> that was the thing. It's like, how hard up would we have to be? Really, honestly, like, how hard up would we have to be to sell our bikes? And hmm. you're like, I don't know if we could hit that kind of bottom hmm. unless you buy a tandem <laughs> in exchange for selling Ooh. your bicycles. Yeah, I I've seen so many people over the course of my history riding ride riding so many bikes yeah like i feel like you'll like i agree on one level that like your bike is your bike is your freaking bike uh, but also that i've seen people get so much joy out of it as a machine like regardless of context yeah that i feel like either way you'd be okay and i i will re i will not restate but sort of redirect back to this original article i didn't i didn't pull a quote from it uh for our show notes, but the article itself really focuses mostly like on the experience of riding a bike. Oh, okay. And it could possibly be like a, a case. I don't know the psychological term for it, but a, mm -hmm. like transference, like transferring, oh, like okay. all those feelings of, of riding a bike and how great it is. Like get, they talk about like getting to know your neighborhood more intimately, getting to know like people and, and, and new friends that you wouldn't have or having these experiences that you wouldn't have had like if you just strictly drove and transferring like all of those feelings onto your bicycle yeah um they don't exactly talk about that specifically but i wonder if that's more the case if yeah. you were to look at it deeply i could see an argument for both <laughs> but that said i'm very attached to my bicycles <laughs> well hopefully they each don't one of them has their own name soon. and personality and yeah and I've... i know a lot of that's projection oh sure <laughs> I'll, I'll share one last anecdote before we move on to the next segment i can't remember if i'd spoken on air about this but um my bike was unlocked for three and a half hours on williams the other day whoa yeah so wow. this has happened only twice in my life, and unfortunately for me, it's happened recently rather than less recently. Oh. But uh, for folks that have seen you me ride... You need to up your ginkgo biloba. I need to up my, like, hey, you should lock your bike. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you'd think as somebody who, you know, <laughs> advocates for bike safety at every turn uh, that this would be less of a problem for me. But I have this sticker on my bike that's mostly rubbed off. It says, bike theft equals bad karma. And I, and I like to think that because of that sticker... In the very rare occasion that I do forget to lock my bike, that's what keeps it safe. <laughs> um, but it's been once every three years at this point that something like that happens. Wow. So I think my I think my odds are starting to go down. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Law of averages. Yeah, it's the pull oh, totally. and pray method, basically. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, when you're when you're demoing. Oh, that's right. It was at the the game lounge for Grimstorf I was talking about a couple oh, of episodes right. ago. Yeah. I was just so excited to play the game. I simply <laughs> forgot to lock my bike. <laughs> Fun times. Um, cyclists exposed to less air pollution than drivers study fines. Yes, this came to us from Josh G. Good news is for an open-air bicyclist, a recent report informs us that bicyclists are the least affected or exposed to air pollution on daily commutes. More at risk are the people in cars and buses. This is not surprising. It's disappointing, however, that pedestrians who have such light and peaceful footprint... Uh, 
are more affected. James Tate, who led the work, quote, on more congested routes, the cyclists would come out of the lowest inhaled dose, says James Tate at the University of Leeds. Segregated cycle lanes would reduce cyclists' exposure even more, he said, with a distance of even a meter or two from traffic cutting particulates out of uh, cut particulates by about a quarter. Cycle lanes mean you can skip past traffic, he said. Other research shows the exercise benefits of cycling outweigh the harm of air pollution. And if you're interested in the the math behind this, I think that Bike Portland maybe four four and a half years ago at this point, we had somebody actually measure their bikes right. commute. Yeah. And they, they um had a had a like a, a ticker or, or sort of a metric of their uh accumulation levels and i think the magical number was like 11 or 12 miles an hour so if you are out and about and you're cycling you will have your lowest occurrence i guess of of outdoor pollution right. being inhaled uh when you go above that rate it can like actually be more harmful the, the slower you go the yeah. more well time exposure you have if you go faster even slower you go, though the it, more you're you're breathing in i think yeah? it was that if you go below that you start to increase your exposure again but right, it seems right. like the optimum yeah yeah Okay, cool. We are we're talking we're, the same. We're talking about the same thing. Okay, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah. So hey, uh, chalk one up to cycling. Seems like a pretty cool way to go. Yeah. Not that, not that we're biased or anything. <laughs> uh, it's too bad for walking though. Yeah. Those I, I really light, like. Wait, hold I really up. enjoy I have to, my walk. This is the. This is what really jumped out at me. Yeah. Ooh, light and peaceful footprint. <laughs> um. Well, as far as as that, far as your impact journalism. on the infrastructure, yeah, I know. Sorry, <laughs> but as far as your impact on the infrastructure of things, yeah, walking is probably like the least impactful, right? I would assume. I don't. I don't know for sure, and, but I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the numbers either. This is all. This is all just in my head. Yeah. Um. And yet, you would you would hope that maybe there's some positivity. I mean, it's it's the fact that you're not. I guess wearing down the the yeah. infrastructure, but in the meantime, like you're, you're more exposed. Yeah, you're yeah. you're more exposed to to pollutants that mm -hmm. way. Yeah, unless it's you can true. walk eleven miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> that's just gotta the trick. get that power walking. Booyah, Brian Cranston style. <laughs> uh, this also came. This next one also came to us from Brock Didis, the miracle of Minneapolis. This came to us from Brock, by the way. I didn't. I didn't put this. In here. Oh, this yes. Is, this is unbiased. This is true. <laughs> um, Do you want to read so, it so it sounds biased? Is, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so this is an article uh, talking about, like, livability in, in major U.S. cities. And um, apparently Minneapolis sticks out in, in that. Uh, no other place mixes affordability, opportunity, and wealth so well. What's the secret? The Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area is richer by median household income than Pittsburgh or Salt Lake City or New York or Chicago or L.A. Uh, these are all cities of, of somewhat similar size. Well, Pittsburgh and Salt Lake City, New York, Chicago, and L.A., much higher density. Um, <clears throat> among residents under 35, the Twin Cities place in the top 10 highest college graduation rate, highest median earnings, lowest poverty rate, and according to most of the census figures. And yet, according to the Center of Housing Policy, Low-income families can rent a home and commute to work more affordably in Minneapolis-St. Paul than in all other major metro areas. Uh, perhaps most impressive, the Twin Cities have the highest employment rate for 18 to 34-year-olds <laughs> in the country. Whew, are you saying I've still got time, Aaron? You, you've still got a few years. <laughs> oh, good. 
you know, that ship sailed for me already, but <laughs> there's still hope for you, Guthrie. Oh, oh, Move to Minneapolis. For, for a couple of years at least. But it's it's kind That's of neat. Kind of uh relevant a lot of a lot of times the conversation um around Portland tends to talk about how housing especially has gotten mm. really costly, um and, and all other things along with it. Um and it's a trend in a lot of major cities yeah. as well. Um, and one of the things that this article talks about is how Minneapolis still seems to keep that under control. Like housing costs don't shoot up astronomically as people are moving in. Hmm. They're still able to keep some stability with that. Interesting. I wonder, um, and I, I browsed through the article, kind of what the, not the catch necessarily, but what's the, I, I'm always curious about the mechanism. Yeah. Uh, you know, cause from a city planning perspective, it's cause it's cold. I, it's, oh, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> Editor's note. Minneapolis is cold. <laughs> the prices are frozen along with everything else. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. No, interesting. I uh, Sorry, I, I totally derailed you. I feel You're bad. good. You're totally good. <laughs> you know what? I think you derailed us right off into our mail episode or our mail <laughs> that we actually have this week. We do have mail. Yeah, we gave you folks a couple of weeks break and lo and behold, we've got some mail. That, by the way, was written when I've had the day that I thought that maybe I might have been a little too oh, really? irritated on kombucha. That's why it's just timeless. It's, right. It's so good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, an ask from Brad of Nomad Cycles. Hey, I've got a bike shop on 58th and Sandy and a, with a workshop in the back that I'm looking to share with a frame builder or other bike business. If you know of anyone, please share my info. Brad at nomadcycles.com. Yep. Cool. So if you're a frame builder in the area or or whatnot, and you're looking for a space to do said thing, get in touch with Brad. He's mm -hmm. got space. Plus, if anyone is in Portland or visiting Portland, 58th and Sandy, pretty cool area that I feel like just doesn't end doesn't up Doesn't get its due. Yeah, it does. Like, similar to Coley, I feel, in that regard. Um it's, wonderful it's Thai food. Yeah? That's my neighborhood. Okay. Wonderful Thai food. I'm trying to think, like that's where Alameda crosses Sandy. No, it's just yes. Oh, yes. Is it? Yes. Okay. You're in the right neighborhood. Okay. <laughs> and Nomad Cycles also hosted um, Cranksgiving. Mm. Oh right. Yes. Mm -hmm. It all ties it all together. Comes back together. Speaking of coming back together, Paul in Tokyo via Tim at the pedalshiftproject.net. Yes, we are reading someone else's mail right now. Oh yeah, but Tim, Tim was kind of on to us. <laughs> Hey, he knows what's up. Uh, it says hi, Tim slash the Sparkle Podcast. This is Paul <laughs> from Tokyo. I just listened to your Christmas special. If you are in, and the Sprocket Gang come to Japan, I would be happy to ride with you and be your interpreter. Keep it wheel. Keep Paul. it wheel. I love that. Booyah. By the way. I've heard. I think I go like I use different sign offs depending on who I'm talking to, uh -huh. and I feel like in the bike touring community, Tailwinds is like very accepted. Oh yeah. Uh, but I've not heard Keep It Wheel, and I'm. Frankly excited to try it out. Paul, we're stealing that. In the near future. <laughs> Chris, are, oh, and, and on that point, um, I would love to make a trip out to Japan personally. I don't know exactly when that trip would happen. Um, I During the holidays, I had a very good friend visit from Japan who's teaching English there for a undefined period of time. Oh, nice. So I feel like the cogs are aligning, Paul. And, yeah. Uh, well, and we if got, it happens, we'll reach out. We got friends in scuba. 
It's true. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. ride with Tad on love, the rice cookers. Yeah, I would love to do a rice cooker ride it's, on it's, their turf for a change. We were talking earlier about uh, things aligning, and I feel like it's it's pretty dang it's close. close there. It's almost there. <laughs> Sprocket <laughs> goes to Japan. Booyah. Uh, Chris R. sends us more media from motherloadmovie.com slash welcome slash hashtag trailer dash section <laughs> you don't have to read the whole url oh but i did <laughs> hey guys maybe you know this movie is already coming in fact i did know chris r um you did i did not so the mother load i think had a trailer submitted to film by bike oh, last okay. year and the, the full film so one of the things about film by bike is it truly is a short focused festival but oftentimes trailers if they have enough story or character or just sort of that that sense about them have done very successfully there in was, the past yeah there was that trailer for the documentary about the uh, rwandan cycling team yep mm-hmm. that was yeah that's more my most memorable yeah trailer there's also um if folks will remember the bikes of wrath was a trailer um but a very well like self-contained trailer uh and i can't say anything but i all i will say is i'm excited there might be some news in the future so (laughs) there you have it uh (laughs) um so in regards to yeah yeah it just I tease have, that out. I have Go come get across, your film by bike tickets. I have come across uh, the Motherload film. I, I There's a really great team behind it, and it's yeah. really actually so incredible to see those folks um, getting towards completion with that project. I've been looking forward to it for about three yeah. years now. Mael, are you familiar with this project? Not this project no. in particular. I'm not. Okay. If I had to so, give it the non-representative summary, I would say cargo bikes. They're fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. And and it's really cool to see a so this to is see a, a film a based documentary around it. based around cargo bikes. Yeah, and yeah. family cycling. Right on. Totally. Uh, so he says, "Hey guys, maybe you know the movie's already coming. It's got some Portland footage and some disaster relief trial stuff. Booyah! Disaster relief trials. DRT. It popped up in my Facebook feed. P.S. Thanks for reading my email about weird bike parking. I laughed along with you, and so did we. Yes. <laughs> so thank you for writing, Chris. Always a pleasure <laughs> to receive mail from you." Well, um, any last comments, moments, and or um, tidbits for, have posture, you, have you for made posterity? Your, have you made your um, resolutions for 2019? Resolutions. What's your big goal? My big goal? Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I feel like I've got 10 big goals. Most of... I, Fire I, lane five on your Shirley. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if I hadn't officially had one before, I feel Nine. like that's an acceptable, Nine like a very do. appropriate one. Um. Hit me, I, I'm hit not me a huge goal person. Hit me up, hit when, me you up when you do it. I want to. I want to go. Okay, I'm usually already like working on something when New Year's rolls around, and so I feel like my goal of New Year's is to finish the shit <laughs> finish I've already started. <laughs> um, right, and now some, you're in some film by bike. May season. identify yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, fire, fire lane five. There we have it. Fire road five. Fire road five. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, right. It's on. Okay. I've got the surly. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Dynamo ain't gonna stop me. <laughs> So this is the beauty of Dynamo, really. You know, you just don't have to worry about batteries. exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me, yes. Myel. Do you have anywhere on the interwebs that people can find you at if they're interested in your projects? Um, if they want to follow what I'm about, you can find me on Instagram, Rumpshaker71. Booyah! Yep, the seventy-one is key. It is key. Yep. Because I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great year. It's a great year. Shall we do this? Let's do it. 
The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of OpenSignal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text to 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Hurt Bird for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks And for, for our... the pins that I haven't yes. delivered yet. Oh, Thank gosh, you, yes. Marcus Norman. <laughs> yeah. Still. We got the what's <laughs> up from Meow. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, Way Norman, <laughs> Ethan, Georgie, Eric Iverson. Uh, thanks to Satani Donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina, Melongard, Wayne Norman, Ethan, Georgie, Justin, I, yeah, Eric Iverson. Sorry. Cameron Lean, Ri- Richard Wazinski, <laughs> Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish, Matt Kelly, Eric Weiss, Todd Parker, Dan Gephardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler, Dave Knows, Chris Smith, K. Dulab Jenkinson, J.P. Cooley, who I saw at the Minneapolis airport. We took the same flight, but I never saw you again. Ooh, yeah. 80th rope. Stalker, <laughs> but not peanut butter jar. Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Arterstrom, Andrew Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, Andre Johnson, home. <laughs> King of Division, Richard G. Oh, thanks for breakfast, Andre. Guthrie Straw, who's sitting right next to Hello. me. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons and founder of the Granary. Campsite, Macnurse David, Nathan Bolton, Chris Ross and Rory in Michigan, Michael Flournoy. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman, Harry Hugo, EJ Finneran, Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson, Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam, Derek Wagner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing, David Moore, Todd Grosbeck, Chris Barron, Chris, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, Sean Baird, Simon, Gregory Braithwaite, Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna, Matthew Ricks, Kaka! Marshall, Paula at Funatake Cyclecraft, Philip M, Spartandale, no relation, Mr. T, who never really left, Bike Initiative, oh, Kiwani, and Kiwana, Kiwana, yeah, (laughs) trust me, my English teacher hated me, Um, (laughs) and Sarah G. Welcome to the fold, Sarah, and all of our former donors who helped us get this far, now brush your teeth and go to bed. Yeah, I definitely didn't want to jump in where it was not appropriate. It's never not everywhere appropriate. is appropriate. Don't, don't be that party guest. They're like, hey, <laughs> hey, and then that one time, hey, <laughs> we're, we're both. <laughs> Can like, I have another beer? We're we're doing that though. As, <laughs> that's yeah, kinda... <laughs> as as the, the Aaron and I were both like, oh, please jump in anywhere. Just you're so welcome. Just go for it. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. You, right. you're more than. I don't, don't want to be the bossy bitch. You're you're all good. Okay.